so I want to welcome everybody to my show, Cut the Shit, Get Fit, with our lovely guest, Robin Baldwin. Hi. So let's kind of just jump right into it. Can you start with uh, kind of telling who you are, what you do, and what the alpha female is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm self-branded as an alpha female, and I'll get into that because the the story about the definition is fun. But uh, I'm a full-time marketing manager by day and then a side hustler or multi-passionate entrepreneur I have a fitness and lifestyle blog at robinbaldwin.com. I'm the alpha female podcast host. I'm a freelance writer. I'm an author, publishing my first book in August of 2016. Uh, And then in my spare time, (laughs) on top of all of that, uh, I'm an obstacle course racer, a weightlifter, a yogi, and I also identify as an MS warrior, which just means I live with multiple sclerosis, and it's teaching me to live my best life ever nice yeah that'll keep you busy that's that's the uh that's the elevator speech of who i am nice (laughs) um so alpha female you asked yes Uh, yeah so the story there is when i was um i guess maybe like Eight to nine years ago, I was uh, working full-time in the advertising world, and I had decided to get into fitness competitions, and I started tackling building a personal brand, and one of my coworkers at the time said, you're such an alpha female, and I didn't know how to take it at the time, uh, and then I just decided to own it. So I looked up the definition in Urban Dictionary of what that was, and then I kind of just took that definition and uh, grew it from there. So I wrote a book in 2012 called How to Live Like an Alpha Female, and that's when I introduced the definition for the first time. And I realized that uh, some people just, they weren't looking at the definition, and it wasn't really anywhere on my website, so people were kind of confused. They're like, why are you calling yourself an alpha female? So I basically just define it as someone who's striving for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. Um, There's a longer definition in terms of like being assertive and an intellectual and intelligent problem solver and just putting yourself first uh, so that you can take care of yourself. And that's the whole work-life harmony and self-care bit, like really taking care of yourself first so there's more of you to go around. Um, stick to your principles and your values uh, and go after all of your ambitions, but take care of yourself. And then you can have more for all of the relationships in your life. I really like that because like with the clients I work with, it's so frustrating when you know they start canceling because they have other things to do or if something pops up and they don't really take time for themselves. Mm. And like with my female clients, like I don't, think they actually understand how strong they can be if they you know made health a priority Mm, so that's why I kind of want your two cents where you know if you work with anybody primarily women obviously um what you kind of tell them or what you encourage to get them to make health a priority and you know live a happy life Mm -hmm. so My blog readers and just people on social media ask me these questions and it's just a decision and kind of scheduling. Um, So whether you're single or mom or in a relationship, you just have to say, 
these are my non-negotiables. And for me, you know, getting a daily workout, whether it's at the gym or going for a run or training for an obstacle course race, like those are my non-negotiables. So at the beginning of the week, um, Sunday night, I usually sit down with my with my phone and I also have a paper planner and I just map out what my workouts are going to be. And then I know that those, those need to happen no matter what. And then I fill in the rest of my to do's. So whether, um, I'm working on one of my side hustles, um, outside of my full-time day job, then I kind of map those out, um, in and around my workouts. So you would say goal setting is pretty important then, Hey, (laughs) Mm, yeah, goal setting is massive. I'm actually, um, working on, uh, it's called the gold diggers workbook and I'm launching it in a few, but I've basically like, I've done so many different programs from amazing entrepreneurs in terms of how to goal set from Danielle Laporte's desire map to Shailene Johnson's push program. Um, and so I've incorporated bits and pieces of all of their programs and figured out what works really well for me. So if someone has a similar mindset and similar OCD, um, need to like map everything out, then I'm uh, going to be launching that uh, online product shortly. But it's uh, it's amazing how I've incorporated not only like goals with soul, as Danielle Laporte says. So I figured out my core desired feelings of how I want to feel when I accomplish something. And then I also like tactically plan everything out so that like my to-do list is not overwhelming. So that that's kind of how I meld it all together. Okay. Yeah, because... Um... In my previous gym that I used to work out, the company was huge on goal setting for their employees. Mm-hmm. And what they uh, used to do was you would write down all your goals you'd want to accomplish within that year and then break that down within the quarter, break that down within the month, and then break that down within a week to get there. Mm-hmm. So rather than just like, hey, I want to run a half marathon and just hope for the best, but breaking it down to a, a weekly schedule of what you need to do. Kind yeah. Of. It's like, it's the reverse injury engineering. Statement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so important. Um, so the next thing kind of want to talk about is what habits and what like goals would you recommend for someone trying to get healthy? So I always recommend starting really small and, um, picking something that speaks to you, uh, and then, trying to just do one thing. And I usually say a week. So there's been two times in my life or sorry, three times in my life where I had to like start from scratch. So when I was first starting my fitness journey, um, I also talk about a lot in my, uh, kind of in my little ecosystem, uh, how I called off uh, a wedding in 2012 and left a really toxic relationship. And I had lost myself during that time. So one of the first things that I did when I was kind of healing in my healing journey, I call it like I got back into healthy habits just to build a foundation in my life again. And then also when I was diagnosed with MS in 2014 and after the steroid treatment, that halted the first attack, I also had to start fresh. So I've done this three times now and it works so well. It's just like the first week, 
all you do is get enough water in every day. So it's like, I'm going to drink two liters of water every single day. I'll track my water bottles. And if I do that Monday to Sunday and I accomplish that goal, cool. If I don't, then I'm still going to keep working on that. And then once I've figured that out, then my next week, I'm going to, you know, start eating healthy again, um, or starting eating healthy for the first time for someone who's incorporating that into their life. And it's, and then it even starts small from there. It's like, I can pack my lunch and one snack for the week. And if that's all I do, cool. And then from there you build to, you know, packing three meals a day that are healthy, uh, three meals and two snacks. Like you just keep building until that action becomes second nature and really easy. Um, and then once you've got the nutrition and the water, uh, getting your sleep in, like I actually don't tell people to start working out until they've got their nutrition, their eating and their sleep in a, in a routine that just makes them feel good. Cause once you're getting seven to eight hours, then you have the energy to be able to tackle your fitness goals. So getting that eight hours of sleep in is your next week. And then from there you can start adding in workouts. And if you're brand new or starting fresh from something, it's like just getting in one workout a week and then two workouts a week, then three, like really starting small. Oh, definitely. Like when I get a new client come in and even if they're super eager to do like four days a week, I'm probably the worst salesman. I'm like, you know what? Let's just start with like one and make mm. that a habit. And mm-hmm. then eventually they build up. But yeah, I yeah def- and if they want that four, like just tell them to go to for three walks plus yeah. the workout. Like getting people to move is probably such a, a theme that's resonating in my life is like being okay with going for a long walk and that being your workout for the day. Oh, definitely. It's a lot better than just sitting at your desk for another 10 hours. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally believe in like habits rather than like, here's a book of 30 rules you need to start doing now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And healthy habits have to feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, then it, it might not be something that you want to accomplish in your life. When I started the Alpha Female podcast, Um, a lot of people were telling me that like my daily habits, my morning routine, my evening routine, everything that I do to take care of myself is super overwhelming for some people. And I get that I live with an autoimmune disease, so I am continually optimizing my health, but I do a lot and it even overwhelms me. So I decided to interview other women, other alpha females, talk about their tips and tricks of how they have work-life harmony because their life might resonate better with someone else. And that person listening might be going, okay, I can totally adapt to that. Like Robin's meal planning is a little extreme. I can't do that. But, you know, ordering meal delivery service once a week um, from a company, I can do that. So it's just, I'm just trying to provide so many different tips so that people can go, I can incorporate this in my life. That's going to be my work-life harmony. Oh, definitely. Um, The next thing I wanted to touch on is, especially with women when they're trying to get fit and healthy and lose weight, the big issue that comes up is like body image issues and kind of wanted your take on that and how you deal with that. Uh, that exists for every woman and it's going to exist from the end of time while there is mass media, you know, putting ideal body images in our head. And yeah. even like, that's, it's funny that you asked that question because, uh, very timely manner yesterday I did a workout and I filmed it and I was looking back at it and, um, 
so at this moment in my life, I've just spent two weeks kind of not working out as hardcore as I usually do because we got a brand new puppy at the end of May. Um, so for two, sorry, I think I said two weeks, but two months, I have basically like not worked out as hard as I usually do because I've been spending time with the puppy and playing with the puppy and taking our dogs for walks or, you know, being here to house train. And I've, and I've sacrificed my workouts because of that. And so I'm, I'm a fur mom, but it's the same principle when, um, people have, uh, have children. It's also like, you want to spend time with your family. It's really hard to put yourself first. Like I'm now experiencing that. Um, and so I've let my fitness kind of slide. I watched the video of me doing my workout yesterday and I realized, that I no longer had the ass that I had built <laughs> from squats and from hill climbing. Like it, it had changed in two months and I looked at it and I was like, Oh dear Lord, what have I done? And it's perfect motivation to now work harder to get back. Like I am glute building for days now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's really hard because I, I had, I looked at it and I was really upset. I may have shed a few tears over my glutes. Um, but so no matter where you're at in your journey, like that's always going to be hard. If my abs aren't perfectly flat, I'm, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm going, okay, what's going on? Like, um, do I have, but I also try to think about it less from a, a, um, a physical standpoint and is something sacred, like is something suffering in my health? You know, if my abs aren't flat, is my cortisol up? Does that mean my stress is too high? Um, am I eating something that's causing bloating that I didn't realize is maybe uh, a food that I should should be avoiding? Um, so I'm also trying to look at it like when I'm upset with something from a body image standpoint, how does it apply to my health? And then I fix that health problem. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I started fixing story, not fixing. When I started optimizing my nutrition and supplements for living with MS and doing a lot of research on that, my body changed completely. Uh, and granted I cut out all uh, inflammatory foods that I was like having once in a while because I didn't think there was an impact on my body, but knowing that food has such an inflammatory response on so many things, I like cut out gluten completely. No cheat, like no treat days with dairy, like dairy is gone from my life, mm. really reducing the sugar, cutting out nightshade vegetables, which have uh, a bad reaction in my body. And I noticed that my body changed and people were like, you're losing a lot of weight. I'm like, well, I had a lot of water weight and stress weight. So cool. I'm losing weight, but no, I'm just getting healthier. Um, so I hate when people say like, oh, you're looking skinny. Oh, you're looking like you lost a lot of weight. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay because I'm optimizing my health. Um, so I really try to not use terminology like losing weight or like when I've noticed someone has lost weight, I just tell them you are looking radiant. Like you are looking so energetic, um, and just changing that conversation. Definitely. Do you, uh, follow like, um, all the girls from girls gone strong at all? Mm -mm. So they're a group of women that came together. They're all trainers from different parts of the United States and they created a company together to basically empower women that being strong is okay. And uh, one of them, her name's Nagar, she posted a couple of weeks ago where she was on the beach and she took two photos at the same place, but 
like a couple seconds after to show like one photo looks really, really good uh, with her body. But then, you know, a couple seconds later in the same spot, just because of the sun or how the shading kind of worked, it yeah. looked like she had like cellulite and everything. And she's like, that's okay. <laughs> mm. Right. So like, I think it's really tough for women, not so much men. Cause I don't think they pay attention to the media that much, but yeah, you see the perfect Photoshopped woman on the front page while you're waiting at the gro- grocery aisle. Yeah, and with Instagram, you see, yeah. you know, the ripped girls posting pictures, everyone using filters um, or competition body-ready photos. Like, a lot of people, some people are posting, like, this is my body after a kit. And, but that's really hard because then they get a whole bunch of comments. And no matter how strong of a person you are, if someone decides to post negative things because you've chosen to be vulnerable and post this to empower other women, those negative comments are going to hurt no matter how strong you are. So you have to like block that out, have people, um, you know, (laughs) uh, erase the comments for you. Um, because there's only a few people posting the vulnerable shots and empowering women where Whereas the majority of like perfection photos or photos where women's bodies aren't actually healthy are the norm. And that is creating just this kind of frenzy for perfection. I've always wondered like what those people that post those comments, do they just like wait around, go scrolling through Instagram? Like, Oh, there's one. I'm going to definitely comment on that. Yeah. Well, they don't have time to go after their own goals and their own dreams. So they're choosing to, break down other people like it just goes to show you that they're not coming from a place of love they're coming from a place of fear that they 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 aren't um, actually taking control of their life definitely well even those women that have like the so-called perfect body on instagram like i always tell my clients that's like the one percent like they're just genetically gifted Mm -hmm. and they could have like a 50 50 diet and still look really good it's basically like if you were comparing yourself to a pro athlete like, sure, you play basketball, but you're not going to be as good as the pro athlete because that's the 1%. Yeah, or they're in the gym for how many hours a day? Yeah. They've they've given up certain relationships or they're, you know, they may not be pursuing things. Like, we all have our own lives to lead, and the comparison syndrome has to stop. Oh, definitely. Um, the next one I was going to ask you is your experience when you were competing at the fitness competitions. How was that? Yeah, so I competed from 2009 to 2013 was my last competition, Um, and it was interesting. It was really great as a goal to get into shape. It taught me how to work out. It taught me how to, you know, start researching nutrition so that I could eat better. Um, It gave me a goal to stick to my fitness routine. And it really was the start of my health journey. So once I started working out and eating right, then I started to explore different health things. So like optimizing my supplementation and vitamins and minerals and um, actually nourishing myself for my goals. Like what's the optimum protein intake that I need? Um, And what's the optimum carbohydrate intake? Do I need to eat you know, simple sugars before my workout or after, like all of that. I loved the science behind it. So it just started this learning trend. Um, and what changed things was I, I placed really well. I, you know, I did a few competitions. I was always in the top 10. My last competition, I was third place. Um, and then my mom turned to me and said, when are you going to stop prancing around on stage in a bikini and actually do something that shows that you've gotten stronger 
Uh, and I was like, okay. And at the time I had, I had dabbled in a few obstacle course races. Uh, I'd done, or mud runs, uh, as you will, I had done like a warrior dash and a tough mudder and I had a lot of fun. And I realized if I started training for those, I could figure out how to get stronger and increase my endurance. And I still looked really good. So I got into the fitness competition world for vain reasons to look good naked. Yeah. But then I started actually getting stronger and I was really proud of increasing my weights in the gym. And then I started running and I really enjoyed that. It was perfect, like therapy and time to clear my head and, um, really, really enjoyed the obstacle course races. And people started saying like, holy crap, like that's super inspirational that you've just kind of transitioned to this sport. And I don't need to place well. I don't need to, like, I've I've done really well in my age category over the years. Um, but then I was diagnosed with MS and now I'm dealing with a whole new beast in my life. Um, and I get symptoms when I race. So I, I still race in the elite heat and I'm still a competitive runner, but I'm still dealing with my body, like failing on me at times and not functioning properly. So now for me, um, it's just to stay healthy and to not be symptomatic and not injure myself because the, the world of OCRs can be really bad for your body if you're not working on mobility or strengthening all of these small muscles, especially like ankles on trail runs and stuff like that. Um, but now I'm being judged at the end of the finish line on what I've done in terms of training versus what a judge uh, at a table thinks how I look in a bikini. So it's just switched my mindset completely. And I'm not knocking the competition world. It has its uses for um, getting people to certain goals. Uh, But subjectively, it's not very good for people's um, mental health. Yeah, like, I like the idea of competing because, you know, it's kind of one of those bucket list things to do. But you can get so wrapped up into it that you're constantly like, oh, I don't, I still have a lot of fat in my right lower abdomen or my ankles are too fat. I need to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, you, it just becomes a little uh, unhealthy from a body image standpoint. Um, there's also the deprivation diets that cause binge eating in most competitors, especially brand new competitors. Uh, and they may deprive themselves for so long and then they binge eat after and then they balloon up and then they've got to diet back down. And it's um, a lifestyle where you're constantly complaining about eating chicken and broccoli, which no one should eat for six months at a time. Um, you need variety in your diet. You need to, um, have a healthy relationship with food. And many don't, many do and have figured that out, but it's usually taken them a few years. And the majority of competitors that you talk to that are still doing it, they've had to have, uh, a, a mindset switch because they've learned the hard way and everyone's got to learn for themselves. Um, so whenever somebody new gets into a competition and turns to me for advice, I give them my, my words of wisdom and I ask them to be really careful with how they feel about depriving themselves and be really careful about how they feel being judged by someone in terms of how they physically look on stage. Um, so that's kind of, uh, the balance and it's great to do it, but you have to have to be really certain of yourself before you jump on stage. And that's the big thing is like, I see a lot of new people who go into the competitions and then they're like, yes, I can finally eat. I can eat a whole cheesecake now. And that's what happens. And like you said, they balloon up and it's just like a roller coaster of dieting and binging, dieting and binging. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Um, last thing, mm-hmm. if you can tell us what your next projects are. I think you said you have a book coming out and yeah. kind of where people can find you on social media or your website or anything you want to plug in. Sure. <laughs> Um, so weekly I publish the alpha female podcast on Fridays on iTunes and Stitcher radio. It's also available on my, on my website on robinbaldwin.com. So I interview other alpha females to figure out their work-life harmony. Um, and then I blog usually sometimes two to three times a week sharing just my health journey, uh, things that I'm meal prepping for the week. Uh, different do-it-yourself uh, natural recipes that I'm uh, I'm big on reducing toxins in my home, so I'll, I'll share share those from like natural bug spray to dry shampoo. Nice. Um, I do a lot of race recaps as well, so every time I do a race, I'll kind of follow up with pictures and how it went. Um, just trying different fitness things and adventures. I'm really big into uh, summer and winter bucket lists, and so every time I check something off the list, I share that experience. Um, the book is it's called Love Lost, Life Found. So I mentioned how I called off my wedding, um, and I decided to write a book not only for other women who may have called off a winning and are trying to figure out um, how to rebuild their life uh, with a broken heart, but even you know women um, that have gone through a divorce or just left a very toxic relationship. Uh, and even young girls, I, I do want my, like, I wish my younger self had had a book like this given to me or gifted to me so that I could know what the warning signs are uh, and never have placed myself in a situation that I did. So that's being published on August 25th, 2016. It'll be available on my website. And um, the other project is launching that Gold Digger workbook. So uh, it'll be a, like a nine-module workbook um, that anybody can work through to not only figure out how they want to feel when they accomplish goals, but the whole reverse engineering and just having that like completely laid out for them. So they just have to fill out the workbook and then they can achieve some new goals in their life. That's awesome. That's a lot of stuff you have going on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't (laughs) stop. I just keep going. (laughs) Nice. Um, and then social media, I'm at Robin Baldwin, Robin with a Y last name Baldwin, like the Baldwin brothers. Perfect. Um, so that's all I got for you. Awesome. I just want to thank you for giving your time, and uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. I hope all of you enjoyed the interview with Robin. Uh, if you have any questions, please email me at rafael at empowerhp.ca. So also please review, subscribe, and give me a five-star rating.